What's going on, everybody? Welcome into Anti Up, Howard Pender and Adam Ronas. Oh, what's up, Ronas? How was the weekend, man? Oh, that's right. You had the big flex drafts. Uh, how was it getting together with uh, with the rest of the industry? Yeah, it was great. I had such a busy weekend, man. Friday, I went to the beach, got some sun, had some seafood, then had to go to the city early on Saturday. I was a reporter for SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio for the first draft, then I drafted. Then the groom went out, had some drinks, and ate. I had to wake up on a Sunday morning really early, not for softball this time, but for a radio show. Um, so yeah, it was definitely a busy weekend, but Saturday was great. Got to see so many people that we haven't seen in two years. Got to see Rick Wolf, who we work with. So I haven't seen him in a while. Um, Scott Angle, who I used to work with, Joe Pisapia, uh, Andy Barons, Jeff Radcliffe, Elliot Chris, like so many people, man. And I got to draft with them. Uh, so it was it was a lot of fun, man, because we've talked about this. Doing these drafts in person is just it's a different dynamic. And, you know, I think for the most part, many people in the fantasy industry are so cool with each other. You know, we are competitors, but yeah, obviously there's going to be a couple of people who don't dislike each other. I know Howard has a lot of enemies and dislikes people, but for the most part, <laughs> <laughs> people get along and have a lot of fun. So it was yeah, really listen, good. I can't, I can't listen. I, I can't deal with certain bullshit and I call people out on that. And if that, that I was joking. People. Okay, here we go. Therapy session. No, Let it's out. not a therapy session. You're saying I got a lot of enemies. I don't think I have a lot of enemies. I think there are a select few um, who have been called out on their bullshit, and they take offense to that. Well, like, 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 all of a sudden, it's like you know, it, it's like somebody made a bad call on a player, and I said, "Didn't you uh, really like that player?" Except it goes deeper than that, right? There's like more bullshit in there, like. A lack of transparency, something that you and I pride ourselves on, Adam. So the only people that I, I spar with are, are people who are, uh, yeah, just not worthy of my company. Okay, then. Uh, I'll have to make sure that uh, I consult with you before, um, you know, getting these get-togethers. So make well, sure I that think we've, I think we've we've had enough conversations that you know who who, you know, is low on my totem pole. Leave Scott Angle out of this, please. No, no, no. Scott no, Angle is always, always riding high on my totem pole, baby. I know. I'm I like to get up. in there nice and just give him a big wet kiss and get that tuna fish breath all over me. <laughs> <laughs> I love Scott. You know why I love Scott? Because he's he's older than me, and there are very few guys in this in, active in this industry who are older than I am. That is true. He could be. It could be your father. <laughs> you know what, man? I would love it if Scott Engel were my dad because I could, I, I could legit have a, a a catch with somebody who would appreciate having a catch. That is true. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I've never seen him throw, but that's another story. <laughs> it was it was a really good time, man. For real, for just hanging out and um, to, I, actually, that's the first time I actually have hung out. No, that's a lie. My bad. Forget it. I was going to say that's the first time I've been in New York City at a bar since the pandemic, but that is not true because I've gone to the Greenwich Street Tavern twice. Uh, once with Lisa Ann. We were hanging out with Christopher Carroll, but we were it wasn't a big crowd. We were outdoors. It was just us. And then the other time was with uh, after our fantasy baseball draft. There might have been 15 of us, but uh, this is like really the first time like in a, you know, big crowd. Um, 
because I obviously have not been going to New York City much during this whole pandemic. So um, the city was like the same, you know, it was packed. It's back alive. Um, yeah, and I was just uh, happy to be out there. Were you were you all wearing masks inside? Uh, it was requested in an email that we mm -hmm. should, um, but not everyone did and no one complained. So. Okay. Um, were you all properly socially distancing from each other? During the draft, it was difficult to. I don't know if you saw the pictures because uh, it was kind of tight, but. So. I mean, look, it's everyone's decision, right? If you don't feel comfortable, you don't go. So maybe that some people who didn't come out afterwards were like, no, nah, I don't feel this. But there were, there were some people wearing masks during the draft. Okay. I mean, it's, it's just, it, for me, it's more of a curiosity thing because I'm dealing with, you know, with like going to concerts and stuff now, right? And, you know, I, I liked what I saw when I went to a concert last weekend um, as far as protocols and stuff like that. But I'm always kind of curious as to, how other people and, and other, you know, places are dealing with it. You know, there's all this talk about, you know, because Fish Tour is on right now. And there's like, you know, nobody's socially distancing uh, at these shows and nobody's wearing masks at these shows. And, you know, the question is, is, you know, is is being a part of that, you know, with, with rising numbers and stuff like that? Like, where are you? And me, I mean, listen, I don't give a shit if I die or not. If I get the fuck. But that's been pretty evident on this podcast. Right, right, right. So what I'm saying, like, I'm going to these shows no matter what, but out of fucking courtesy to other people, I'm wearing a fucking mask. Even though I've been vaccinated, I have no problem wearing the mask because, you know, I've got friends of mine who are, like, contemplating not going to the show because of, you know, just the rising numbers and the and, and everybody, you know, kind of jammed into each other in the uh, in the venue. Like, you can always find a a space inside the venue where people aren't all up in your shit, but you know, it's always just, it's, it's always a concern for like when you're bottlenecked in, like getting into the venue and stuff like that. Like, I don't want some fucking wook breathing down my neck, uh, you know, while we're in line to like go through the metal detectors. I'll say this. I've been to city field twice in the last month. And I'd say 1% of people were wearing masks at the stadium. So yeah. It kind of feels though that we're headed back towards more masks. Um, I didn't even know I was on the train and I wasn't wearing a mask and the lady took my ticket. She's like, you're required to wear a mask on the train. I had no idea because again, I haven't been in New York much and in Jersey, the restrictions right. have kind of been lifted. You know, at the beach, hardly anyone was wearing masks. I mean, you're outdoors, I guess, but even like in the restaurants. So, you know, I guess, look, if it's the law, I'll do it. But if I don't have the... If I'm not required to do it, I haven't been wearing it. So, but I guess it's up to everyone. So people don't feel comfortable. My mom's vaccinated. She's wearing a mask to take out the garbage. I'm like, what are you doing? Like you're taking the garbage out 50 feet from the house. Like, why are you wearing a mask for? So everyone's different. Everyone is definitely different. Yeah. Listen, I mean, I'll, I'll start with the mask, but I mean, listen, if I'm, you know, dancing around a fish show and, I get the urge to be 20 years old and shove a bunch of pills in my face. I'll probably end up taking the mask off while I'm dancing. I'll be a little on the warm side there and I don't need my glasses fogging up and shit. But um, yeah, I was just, you know, it was just more of a curiosity thing for how you guys are handling the drafts and stuff. You know, they got the Kings classic that's coming up uh, this weekend. I'm curious as to seeing, 
you know, are we just, you know, are, are you know, is the fantasy industry going back to normal? Can we, uh, you know, will an FSGA draft uh, and and conference happen? I think the next one is, I, I want to say that I think the next one's in fucking Vegas. It which, should be, it would be January. Usually yeah. it's January. So America's playground there. I'll be actually be in Vegas for Halloween weekend. So test the waters there for sure. But yeah, just kind of, it was more of a curiosity thing. Let's talk more, you know, people who want to, uh, you know, listen to this podcast, they're obviously seeking out some sort of fantasy and or betting uh, things. And you guys, by the way, uh, it starts tonight. Well, I'm recording tonight. Craig Mish and I doing our uh, our NFL wins totals series, video series. Uh, we start recording tonight, Monday. So by the time you're listening to this podcast, uh, Tuesday's episode will already be out. Uh, and then we'll go from uh, from there. And then you'll get a, a new division coming up. Uh, each day for the rest of this week, and we'll uh, we'll blanket the whole thing. Might pop two episodes out in uh, one day, but you know, again, just uh, something for you guys to check out as far as your betting content goes. Wageralarm.com. Adam writes, uh, does all the NBA stuff. I do all the MLB stuff. Uh, we'll probably both do some football stuff. It's uh, chock full of fun there. But uh, what I want to do is let's talk about this uh, this Superflex draft. Uh, that you did for the flex leagues, uh, because I always think it's it's always important to give people an idea. Because you know, I mean, the questions are always abundant. Well, oh, where do I take a quarterback, and what do I do this, and how do I, what position do I wait on? Yada 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 yada. So, let's pay a couple of bills real quick here, and uh, and and thank everybody for uh, for tuning in and listening. And on the other side of this commercial break, uh, Adam and I'll break down Adam's super flex league. 12 team PPR and uh and we'll see where he took a quarterback right after this. All right, Adam, I said 12 team PPR. Am, am, is it 12 team PPR? I don't want to like misrepresent. Half point PPR. Half point PPR. Holy shit. All right. No points per completion or anything else like that. No, four points passing touchdown, minus two for an INT. All right. Um, do you have any uh, any issues with me tweeting out this draft board? No. Okay, good. Well, then there you go. Then uh, while you're listening to this, go to Twitter, probably where you found the uh, the announcement that the new episode dropped, and you can check out this draft board, uh, courtesy of our friends over at My Fantasy League, and, uh, and, and let's go through it. So, Adam, the ninth pick – and a 12-team half-point PPR. Um, obviously, you know, I'm not going to ask you the question of uh, of uh, what what was your strategy going in because it's always been a very much uh, I'm going to read the room kind of thing. And so Mahomes goes first. Oh, Angle. Oh, Angle, right? That's such a Scott Angle pick, first of all. Um, Angle takes Mahomes. Then it goes McCaffrey, Josh Allen. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, Kyler Murray. So the three quarterbacks in the first five picks, Dalvin Cook, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott goes right in front of you. So the thought process here is what? Uh, I already see five quarterbacks off the board. And in the past, I've been in this league for several years. 
had success, although I haven't won the title for the Superflex League, but two years ago I was the number one seed and lost in the final. So to me, yeah, at the time for a while I was saying it was a bad year, unsuccessful. But when you look back on it, you know, you have the most points, you make the championship, anything could happen in one week. So that year I I know like the first five rounds, I think I took, like I crushed it, like Derrick Henry, Aaron Jones, Chris Godwin, I, I forgot who else, like really good, like every pick hit. And I waited on quarterback. I can't even remember who I took, but it worked out. Um, so I'm like, all right, that works. But last year I got burned. Um, I had Daniel Jones and Joe Burrow as my two oof, quarterbacks. Oof. So, yeah. So basically I kind of was, I had a shot at the playoffs because the league was very tight, but I never felt good about the team. So it didn't work out. So I said, all right, maybe I should take a quarterback a little bit earlier this year, but I wasn't sure about the first round. So I saw five go and I said, you know what? I'm going to take one now because I'm picking nine. So there's six picks and I pick again. I'm probably going to get a good running back or a receiver or maybe Kelsey Falls. So I was like, all right, I'm still going to get good players here. And so I took Russell Wilson and then there was no quarterback taken till the end of round two. So I was like, damn. And then there was only one taken in round three. Had I known this, I would have waited till round three to take a quarterback, but I don't know this at the time, you know, you have to make these decisions. So yeah, after the fact, it's easy to look at the board, but I thought, all right, here we go. Five quarterbacks, you know, they're probably going to go pretty quickly. And it did not happen. There was only one team that took two quarterbacks with their first two picks. And some teams waited forever. I mean, there was one team that didn't take a quarterback till round eight. Um, so yeah, I mean, it started fast and deviated, but I read that and I go, okay, they're going to wait. All right. I'm going to wait on my second. And then went four straight skill position players be before taking another quarterback. Do you regret taking the QB because you saw afterwards so many people waited? It's not regret. I mean, if I had known this is the way it was going to play out, I would have waited though, for sure. Right, right, right. I would have went, I, I might've went Kelsey in the first round and then go Kelsey same picks and then come back around. Well, let me see round four. Well, I wouldn't have been able to get Stafford or Brady. So, <sighs> Hmm. No, that would have taken Stafford or Brady in round three then. So I'd take two picks, you know, two skill position players, Kate, come back, take Stafford or Brady, and then wait to where I did. So, yeah, I mean, would it have changed the team drastically? Probably not. You know, obviously I need Russell Wilson to play like he did in the first half when he was in the MVP conversation. Otherwise, I will regret the pick. All right. Well, let me ask you here. I mean, obviously, you know, when you see the, the quarterbacks that people started to wait, I mean, when you see six of them go off, you know, in the first round, you know, I don't think anybody, whether it's an industry league or not an industry league, I don't think anybody's thinking, oh, well, this person's going to, you know, definitely bypass so, so much of this, you know, talent out there in order to grab a second QB. Like, you know, you had, you had to be out of your friggin' mind to think that, you know, that, that you were going to pass up on Chubb to grab a, a, a second QB. So maybe everybody waits because they see six of these picks off the board and they say, all right, well, listen, you know, those people aren't going to take a QB in the next round or two because we're taking all of these, you know, running backs and wide outs here at the, you know, high level ones. So they get a they can afford based on six picks in the first, you know, six QBs in the first nine picks. You know, it allows them to wait on it a little bit more. Like if you didn't take Russell Wilson, 
right? Does he go to Barron's or Randall or Radcliffe? Probably Barron's. I mean, you could see from Randall and Radcliffe the way they drafted. I think their whole intention was to wait. So I think they wouldn't have taken him. Barron's might have. But um, but here's the thing. This will never happen in your home league. It won't. People will not be this patient. They will take the quarterbacks. Right. Yeah. It, th- there's no – I show me a home league, and I know they're obviously not being done till most home leagues are not being done to the end of the month. Um, but there's no way I see a home league with nine quarterbacks in the first three rounds. No chance. People panic. They look at the scoring. And they got to take them early. So, but the whole point of that is the lesson is still the same. You've got to adjust to what's going on around you. And obviously I did. I said, okay, wow, these guys are holding off. All right. I don't need to rush my second quarterback. I mean, yeah, I could have jumped in, but I said, nah, all right, they're going to wait. I'm going to wait. And you have to be flexible and adjust. And I think that's one of the biggest mistakes people make. They go in and you know this, you get the questions all the time. All right, I want to start my draft, RB, RB, wide receiver. I want to start, why? No, all right, you can have that plan, but you got to quickly change. I'll give an example of something where I adjust to what's going on in the room. So James Robinson's not on my radar. You know, you can check my rankings at fantasyalarm.com. Probably not going to be on your team. Not that I don't like him, it's just Travis Etienne is really good, and I've heard good things about Robinson in training camp, but I'm not really interested in him. But it was round 10, even in a super flex, the 35th running back off the board, I'm going to take a shot there. What if I'm wrong? What if we're wrong? What if Robinson plays a bigger role than we think, right? So I'm going to take the shot there, especially since I also took Javante Williams. And what if Williams doesn't start the year? What if we do see a lot of Melvin Gordon? All right, I can play Robinson early on and wait till Williams gets a bigger role. So that's just adjusting to what's going on and taking value where it falls to you. Because if James Robinson isn't what we think, right, and his role diminishes, is it going to harm me in the 10th round when I already have the bulk of my team? No, I'll just move on. So that's an example of kind of adjusting to the draft room because I think a lot of people will go into a draft, oh, I'm never drafting him. And I hate saying, well, he was a value, I took him. But it's not like I don't like James Robinson, the player. He was phenomenal last year. The question is, will that role continue because this coaching staff didn't draft him. Well, he was undrafted, but this coaching staff wasn't there with him. But I do think that uh, maybe he plays more than we think, especially early on. Okay. All right. Listen, makes sense to me. <clears throat> All right. So you take Russell Wilson, you come back round two, you grab Nick Chubb. Love it, obviously. Round three, you take CeeDee Lamb. You got your guy. You got your cowboy. You got the guy who's probably going to see the most targets in this offense anyway. Um, They're in round three. In round four, talk to me here. Robert Woods, you know, you know me. If Clyde Edwards-Alaire, even J.K. Dobbins on the board still, uh, I'm probably looking at them more than I'm looking at a guy like Robert Woods. So give me the thought process there, especially Clyde Edwards-Alaire being, you know, the number one running back in Andy Reid's offense. Yeah, I like Edwards Hilaire. I took him in the Raz Bowl in round two as my RB2, but, you know, it's half point PPR, and we have the extra flex spot too, so you can start three receivers, I mean, two flex, and it's a super flex, so most teams are going to start a quarterback. That's the other thing too. If you're in a super flex league, you obviously want to start a second quarterback, but you don't have to. You know, there are going to be some weeks 
you know, people worry, oh, I got to get a third quarterback for the bye weeks. Nah, you might have a skill position player that you could start. So ideally, yes, you want the quarterback, but you don't have to. Uh, I just was not really worried about my RB2. I just felt like the re- the receivers in these rounds are just, to me, more reliable. Like, we know exactly what Robert Woods is going to do, right? The only thing, the reason why he won't is injury. I mean, the guy's... And then now he has Matthew Stafford as his quarterback. So I just felt like he's more stable than Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who, again, I think he will have a good year. But Darrell Williams has been taking a percentage of snaps in training camp. And we did see him struggle at the goal line next year. So what if it doesn't work out? What if last year was an indication of what his true talent is? I I think the opposite, but... I just feel like Robert Woods to me is more stable and we kind of, we're, we're on opposite sides. You, you, you tend to take running backs. Early. Yeah. I'm, I'm more of a running back guy than the, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I just feel like a lot of those guys just have question mark. Again, I like Dobbins and, and a half point PPR too. He's probably better. Uh, but I was just like, nah, I'm going to hammer wide receivers here. I just feel like they're more reliable in these rounds. Like Robert Woods, like he's, he's safe. We know exactly what he's going to do. And I think it could be better with Stafford in this offense. So uh, I kind of felt like, hey, I'm going to wait on my RB2 and, you know, plug the gaps. I just feel like, and there's more of a drop-off at wide receiver too, um, more than people think. If you look at some of the teams that waited on wide receiver, you don't feel really good about some of them. Um, all right. So, yeah, definitely a, a difference of, of opinion there. Sorry, I just got crazy sidetracked by somebody asking me about Andrew Luck. And I'm like on the, the, the Google machine trying to find something. Um, and I'm looking on Twitter and somebody said it's via Adam Schefter. Probably but a fake one. I'm wondering if somebody got tagged by like a fake account uh, on this one here. Oh yeah. This has definitely got to be uh yeah, I'm looking at Schefter's account. I don't see anything in the last couple hours about it. So yeah, I don't see anything from him either, but uh, yeah, whoever this uh, Barry McCockner is. Oh yeah. That's the, he always does that. I think I we talked about the, his account on this podcast once, remember? We did, right? I thought yeah. I thought it was mm-hmm. familiar. All right. So, well, I mean, you know, I see at ultra weed hater and I'm like, well, what kind of a fucking loser is that? People never look. They just see it and will just tweet it out. I always look at the handle, click on the profile. Everyone is such in a rush to, oh, my God, this happened. So, I mean, one of these days I'll probably get duped. Um, it, it can happen, you know. Yeah. But I, I told you the I told you the the story with our old news and notes team at Fantasy Alarm, right? I don't think so. Oh shit! This is so. This is going back. This is like you know almost ten years ago. No, yeah, it's maybe a little less. Maybe like eight eight years ago, seven years ago. We used to do you know before we started just getting you know the the news and notes from uh, RotoWire and then Roto World. Um, we used to do them ourselves. And there was somebody who tweeted out. There was a beat writer who who tweeted out something about I don't remember who the player was, but his crossover dribble broke the ankles of Dante Exum. Right, that was the uh, the the whole thing. And so 
somebody on our on our news team actually saw that tweet and did a breaking news Dante Exum uh out you know likely out for the season <laughs> with 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 a need for double ankle surgery <laughs> it's fucking hysterical seeing that so all right i just texted my boy uh it's fake news fake news yeah. What do you think about gotta, that? Got to be careful, guys, man. It happens to a lot of people, and there's always there's always something out there. People are just trying to mess with people. So uh, be careful of that. Always read um, the, the Twitter handle and click on the profile. Yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, see, here's the thing. It's my boy. So it's Chris Corota, who's on tour with Fish right now. And he's got the day off because they're, you know, they're traveling and stuff. And so he schedules his draft for his travel days. Right. So he's he's like, you know, if he's if he's not, you know, if he's on the bus or if he's fucking flying or whatever. And he uh, then he runs his drafts that way. So, you know, here's a guy who doesn't have the time to sit there and look for the uh, look, look for those fake accounts and stuff. So uh, I just had to write the ship there. Let's get back to your draft now. Shall we? Yeah. So, all right. Wilson, Chubb, Lamb, you've explained yourself on Robert Woods, just a matter of differing opinions for you and I. Tyler Lockett, you took in the fifth round. I know you love him. Uh, and then all of a sudden, so what we saw though Round two, two people took QBs. Round three, one person took a QB. And those people, those guys who took in uh, round two, the guy in round, oh, it was Colton and the Wolfman. They took Tannehill. So they've got two QBs there. And Rob Waziak, he took two QBs. Uh, so then coming back in the fourth, Stafford and Brady go off. And you're like, ah, I'm good. I'm going to take Robert Woods here. Fifth round, Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow. Uh, you say, I'm still good here. Take Tyler Lockett. Hurts, Cousins, they go off the board. Then you make your move to a tongue of Iloa. Uh, was the best you could get? Yeah, I have him ranked highest of the group. I mean, I do like Lance and Fields, but they might not start for a bit. So if I do that, now I have to take a third quarterback to ensure it. Um, I didn't want to, I didn't like any other running backs there at that point. Uh, I, I knew I was going to get wide receivers. I liked later on. I already had three. So I was like, all right, I, you know, I could go, um, you know, there was good receivers there, but I was like, I, I don't need to take one now. And I was like, all right, you remember uh, I'm picking ninth. So now there's going to be 16 picks before I come back. I, I knew it's, there was going to be more quarterbacks flying off the board. So I think Tua is going to have a good year. I think people are judging him from last year. I think it's unfair. He was not 100%. Uh, look at the weapons he had around him, too. They added weapons to the offense. There's been good reports from Tua out of training camp. So They added a weapon. to. Well, I guess Will Fuller, maybe, if uh, if he ever plays again. I mean, he'll play. He'll probably miss <laughs> time, but he'll play. I just think the offense is better. And now he has a, a year under his belt in the NFL. Um, and we're going to find out about him. So, yeah, we definitely have a differing opinion here as well. <laughs> like, I would have taken Matt Ryan over to it in a Matt, heartbeat. 
Matt Ryan is completely overrated this year. Completely overrated. The guy led the league in pass attempts last year and still didn't finish as a top 15 quarterback. Yeah, no, I'm not I'm not looking at him based on what he did last year. I don't give a shit. He's not throwing the fucking ball 40 times a game. Okay, so if he's going to throw less and he couldn't even finish as a top 15 quarterback, how's he going to do it this year when he lost to Leo Jones? I think it's a more I think the offense it's it's more efficient for him as opposed to you know what he's what he's been used to here. Um, you know, Arthur Smith's offense uh, you know, with a very run centric mentality there it just the goal is to make the quarterback more efficient you're gonna see more short passing uh you know more timing routes uh as they move the ball downfield but it's a run centric thing and it's just you know it, to, to me it's just gonna make the the passing game more efficient it's quality over quantity for me yeah, I don't see it. I don't think this is a good offense. You know, Arthur Smith had Derrick Henry, Tannehill. He had more talent there. There's not a lot here, man. There's just not. They're not going to be a good running team. They're just not. I'm sorry. Mike Davis isn't Derrick Henry. No, Mike Davis is not Derrick Henry. I'm, I'm not saying that he is. I'm not saying that he's going to put up Derrick Henry numbers. I'm just talking about the scheme itself and what they have at their disposal. I think it just makes the passing game more efficient. You know, and then you've got, you know, yeah, you lost Julio Jones, but I mean, listen, Julio's been a shell of himself for the last two years, and he yeah, still one of the name, top receivers. Name recognition will drive. Name recognition will bring some some coverage his way, but I mean, Ridley Pitts. Okay, wait, wait, Calvin argument then. I like Calvin Ridley, but we saw this with Juju a couple years ago. What if Calvin Ridley can't handle top cover corners? Now he had Julio on the other side. So what if he can't handle it? Then what? Right. Well, then Kyle Pitts and uh, and and uh, Hayden Hurst and Russell Gage are going to see more targets. Yeah. Look, I I just don't like Matt Ryan. I think he's completely like not completely overvalued because no one takes him. But that's a guy that's going based on name. He wasn't even he was not even good last year. Dude had twenty six touchdowns and he had six hundred twenty six pass attempts, and he he couldn't even finish as a top 15 quarterback. Listen, I, I haven't taken Matt Ryan in a couple of years. I told you it was two years ago where all of a sudden, you know, he had that great year three years ago. Um, and then all of a sudden his ADP like shoots way the fuck up the next year. I'm like, no, 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 I'm not doing it. So I haven't owned him in a couple of years here. Um, but I just, again, I'll just, I'll, I'll take him over tongue of Iloa. I watched Tua play last year. I saw like, no game to game growth out of him. Like, no, you know, it wasn't like he was like learning from, from anything. It was just, and it's still, it's the same. Well, I mean, now it's, now, no, it's, now it's another, it's another so offense to have to learn here also, because this isn't Brian Flores's offense. This okay. is, oh, wait, 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 dude, Matt Ryan has to learn a new offense. Have you seen Matt Ryan in the first year on the run offensive coordinator, how he's fared? It's been poor. So you, if you're going to use that argument, how are you going to not say for Matt Ryan? Listen, I'm talking about. Uh, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm saying I would prefer Matt Ryan over Tua. That's right? fine. I'm not. I'm, 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 I'm not turning around here saying that you know Matt Ryan isn't going to have some of his own difficulties that we're saying. I'm saying I don't see Tua developing like people think he's going to develop. Yeah, I mean, look, he was. He didn't turn the ball over last year. He wasn't very aggressive, but he had 11 touchdowns, five picks. Again, it's his rookie year, man. You would have said the same thing about Josh Allen, and I'm not saying he's Josh Allen, but the first two years of Josh Allen, what did we see? He wasn't good. And what happened? He made a huge leap. So we can't judge these guys after one year, and he was coming off a hip injury. 
where it wasn't hundred percent. Yeah, no, I got you. I got oh, you. It's, yeah, so that's why. Look, and I'm, I'm, I for me that second quarterback, I'd rather take a chance with some guy that has a ceiling. Look, if I'm wrong or two, I'll say, hey, look, I was wrong. But to me, Matt Ryan is the boring veteran where I just don't see him getting better. I again, I'd rather, which take, is what I want in a in a, in a second quarterback. To well, be perfectly I got honest. This, I want somebody who I know is just, you know, no matter what happens to my first quarterback, I've got somebody, you know, reasonably stable uh, coming in as a backup. That's fair. And that's different philosophies. Like, you know, I would have liked to take uh, Fields or Lance. So see, I like what Joe did. He took Kyler Murray as one, Lance as his two, and then took Derek Carr. So you know what? Lance doesn't start the year. He throws in Carr. Not great. Don't love him. But he, so I like what he did. You know, if I could have done something like that, I would have. Um, I, but I, I, and maybe I should have, I don't know. Nah. I mean, even Fitzpatrick, I kind of like, but the interceptions are the concern. What if he gets benched? I do kind of like Fitzpatrick in that offense, though. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, there was a uh, Sammy Darnold, baby. Yeah, he went as the QB2 on uh, QB22. Um, actually, it was funny because Jen Ryan, who was putting the stickers on the board, I think said to Elliot Chris, if you take Sam Donald, drinks are on me. <laughs> and he said, what? Okay, I'll take him. And I don't know if she bought him the drinks, but she did say that, and he took him. I mean, I would have taken Darnold. I would have taken Baker Mayfield. I probably would have taken Big Ben or Jared Goff ahead of Tua. <laughs> uh, Jared Goff, no way. Come on. All right, maybe not Jared Goff, but yeah, Baker, I would have. Sammy Darnold, I would have. Yeah, all right. Listen, man, that's that's what makes the world go round, right? You, we can have differing opinions on players. Sure, absolutely. Mm, mm, mm. I'm also I'm, I'm battling with a uh, with a with a Dolphins fan on Twitter <laughs> too, talking about it. He keeps trying to make Zach Wilson mom jokes. I'm like, dude, I didn't want Zach Wilson. I, you can say all you want about Zach Wilson. I'm not telling you that Zach Wilson is better than Tua. What I'm saying is, is that I don't like Tua. I don't think he's going to develop like people think he is. And, uh, and and that's just the end of the story there. But you can talk all about Zach Wilson all you want. I don't want him. You want to talk about Elijah Moore? Go ahead. I don't want him either. He's going to be good, though, man. I wanted fucking Justin Fields and Javante Williams. That's what I wanted with my first two picks. It's all the first three picks, right? We, we traded up for Vera, uh, Vera Tucker, which was a great fucking move for our offensive line. So I'm fine with what we did with our second first-round pick. But man, man, I wanted Fields. Man, I did. Yeah, I, I would have preferred Fields for the Jets. But you know what? You know, Wilson, I, I would have taken him in a super flex for sure. Um, I, I actually be I obviously want him as my third quarterback. I wasn't planning to take a third quarterback because I think people pushed him up so far. And you saw there were a lot of teams. Oh, again, one team took four quarterbacks. A lot took three. The only reason why I did it was round 14. And I'm like, damn, Teddy Bridgewater is still here. And Drew Locke went two picks before. I was like, all right, I'll take him just in case Teddy Bridgewater starts. And what's the worst case scenario? Locke's name the starter week one. I mean, I could hold on to Bridgewater for two weeks, depending on the injury situation. Although in this league, there's unlimited uh, IR. So if I do have an injury, I guess I could just put that player in IR. So I might hold Bridgewater for a little bit. But what's the worst case scenario? I want up cutting him in the first two, three weeks. Most of these guys in these rounds are going to be cut anyway. So Again, that's where don't go. You can come in with a blueprint and an idea, but you have to adjust. If you would have told me before this draft, 
are you coming out with three quarterbacks? I'd say probably not because I feel like everyone's going to take the third quarterback earlier and I still want to get the skill position players, but they kind of held off. And I said, all right, I'm going to take them. Although uh, I was a little surprised. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo was not drafted in this league. See, and that that's ridiculous. Like, I don't that's, know. That's, it probably is. Someone should have drafted him because – He's the starter, we think, to begin the year. I know Shanahan keeps saying no about Lance, but I don't know, man. I think you will see Lance at some point. And I know it's dependent on the 49ers, what they do. Like, if Garoppolo is leading this team to a 3-0 start, yeah, you're not going to change. But you don't draft that quarterback and trade up third and have him sit. I'm sorry, man. I just You just don't do that. So I think at some point we see Lance. I don't care what Kyle Shanahan says. Coaches lie, bro. They lie all the time. Yeah, I'll still take I'll still take Jimmy Garoppolo over Tyron Taylor. I'll and take Mac him Jones. over Teddy Bridgewater. I'll Mac take Jones. him over fucking Drew Locke. Well, I don't know what I mean. One of those Broncos quarterbacks could be good. There's weapons on that team, so there are weapons on that team. I just yeah, you know, Pat Shermer's offense is is so vanilla, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it's so vanilla, and he's not changing it at all, which is brutal. Well, absolutely. Garoppolo will be picked up on the first waiver wire. Someone will be like, oh, my God. And plus, by then, you know, the season will be close. I'm assuming there's I'm pretty sure there's a waiver wire right before the season begins. So uh, especially maybe uh, the guy who has Lance has. A, oh, no, it's yeah, maybe maybe yeah, he picks him up. Yeah, but he still has car. Not that yeah, there's no need for piece of Pia to do it. But you know what? Um <laughs> Uh, Angle could use it <laughs> with Wentz's injury. Andy Barron's could use it over you know, Tyron Taylor. I don't want to defend Angle. I love crushing him, but I, Angle's usually pretty sharp at the rules. He probably did that going, oh, there's unlimited IR. I'll just craft him, put it on my IR, and pick someone else up. That's the other thing. I oh, that's always, this. yeah, that's that's a perpetual Angle move. I know that. It's nothing wrong with it. I mean, it's fine with it. I just don't. No, no, wanna, no, no, no. Yeah, but by the but you know the problem is though is that by oh. the time by the time Wentz comes back, Fitz will have lost his job, and Engle doesn't have a third QB for uh, the bye weeks. Possible. Well, the again, you don't need to start a quarterback in the bye weeks. It's super flex. It's not two quarterbacks. You ideally want to, but you don't have to. Right. But the other thing that he did, he also took Michael Thomas around ten. So that's two guys now he's putting on IR to add. Yeah. Oh, Angle. <laughs> and right. Curtis Samuel dealing with a groin injury. He's off the COVID list. So. Yep. Angle is king of the uh, king of the IR moves. Look at him go. <laughs> Look at him go. Um, I like Robbie Anderson, Antonio Brown, James Robinson. You said I love the AJ Dillon pick. I love the Nicole Hardman pick. Irv Smith. I'm a big fan of. Is that uh is that Darrell Williams or Damian. Damian Williams? Damian. Okay, solid there. And then the uh, the Ravens defense. No kickers, huh? No kickers. No, no kickers in this league. <laughs> well, considering who started that uh, the, that league, the no kickers thing makes a whole lot of sense. Yes. <laughs> On that note, Adam, I got to get out of here because I got to go record over at Wager Alarm. Big thanks for breaking down your Superflex draft. If you guys have uh, other Superflex questions, you can obviously hit up uh, Adam 
uh, at Adam Ronis on Twitter. You can hit me up at Roto Buzz Guy. Uh, there's a great Superflex article from Andrew Cooper uh, at Coop A Fiasco on Twitter. Um, in the uh, NFL Draft Guide from Fantasy Alarm. Get yourself a copy, fantasyalarm.com slash draft now. Promo code draft now takes 20% off. You can also get a full NFL package, uh, seasonal and DFS, draft guide and cheat sheet, all the fixings, uh, fantasyalarm.com slash get NFL. Use the promo code Bender. Take 50% off, baby. That's going to do it for us here at Anti Up. For Adam Ronis, I'm Howard Bender. Thank you for liking, subscribing, and tuning in. And we'll catch you next time.